Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Advanced Advertising Pavilion. And we are about to kick off our next panel, Advancing Ad Creative and Seducing Your Audience with the Power of Touch. We're going to get into an exciting discussion about haptic technology and how it's impacting advertising. And so to take us through this fantastic panel, Mr. Seth Shapiro, a personal friend, governor of the Interactive Media Peer Group at the TV Academy, author, Bombi Bon... Man About Town. Man About Town. Okay. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, let's have a big hand for our panel. Why, thank you. Am I, oh, why, thank you. Uh, we have a, a great topic here to talk about haptics and its uh, implications for advertising. Um, we're going to start with a nice deck that summarizes some of the information. But before we do that, why don't we just do a quick round of introductions, if we can. Is it? So I'm Lisa Griffin. Um, I'm a consultant in the post-production entertainment world. My name is Paige Rains. I oversee uh, content development for Immersion. Uh, and Jeremy Siegel, I'm the Global Director of Partnerships and Emerging Media for, um, for an advertising agency called Essence. Uh, some of our clients include uh, Google, Target, we have nine offices uh, globally. Excellent. And, and how, many of you how many of you have had an experience with haptics yet? Any of you have an iPhone 7? So you get a sort of a sense. I'm sure at the VR pavilion you can see a lot more, but traditionally the short version is we've all been dealing with sight and sound for a long time, and we're on our way to a, a new generation of advertising products and entertainment products where touch starts to be involved, which, and the implications are obviously uh, massive for that. So do you want to, Lisa, maybe uh, show us, take us through the deck? Or, um, I'll, 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 I'll do it. I'll take okay, you great. through. Excellent. Um, you can go to the next slide. So this is just a quick... Uh, you can hit play on that. All right, so the... You, you, yeah, yeah, you, you can skip this. So uh, what that short video is showing is some of the uh, current ad creatives that we've been working on at Immersion with creative agencies and uh, where we've been distributing them. Uh, haptics uh, is really, you know, it's the sense of touch. And when it comes to immersive experiences, uh, when you're trying to create an immersive experience, you want presence and you want empathy. That's really what is the foundation of immersive ex experience. And uh, what touch does is it has uh, both a physical response and an emotional response, uh, whether you're out touching actively or receiving feeling. 
so this uh, is a, a, a technology that is available right now. And uh, we're working with creatives on multiple ways to tell story and create a, a really compelling experience with the ad creative right now. Excellent. Um, one of the amazing haptic experiences, even though it's not uh, an advertising project per se, that was out uh, this past year was The Martian. VR, I don't know if you saw that. Yeah. So this is just, maybe we can talk about some examples so sure. people can get their head around it. Um, so in The Martian, you're actually in a first person experience be, as that Matt Damon character stranded on Mars. But what happens if you do the full blown experiences and you're actually in a haptic chair. So as you're in the rover, you're bouncing um, and then you have hand controls to sort of control and they're kicking back. And there's that moment where you forget that you're not really doing this. And it's sort of an astonishing thing. So I was wondering if uh, from any of you guys, uh, there are some specific projects that you've been involved in that you could share some information about in terms of, or, or things that you saw that you liked? Um, yeah, so I mean, I mean, what we're doing primarily right now is for mobile video. Uh, we also do this for uh, 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 games, uh, so the Nintendo Switch, uh, we have uh, tools to do this uh, for video, for Unreal, Unity, etc. So we can implement uh, a haptic effects uh, for controllers or any other type of experience uh, across the ecosystem. Excellent. And do you want to talk about GoodFest a little bit? Is that relevant to this at all? Um, that's more of a VR experience. We can get that a little bit later. Okay. Anything else particularly relevant to, um, to haptics? Yeah, you know, I would say that um, in general, you know, I'd say that as sort of people shift to mobile, there's obviously a lot of sensors, gyroscope, accelerometer. Um, you know, I think in essence, you know, we've actually proved that mobile branding experiences uh, resonate far more with consumers. Um, and I definitely think that tactile feedback is part of that. You know, so when you think about, you know, even as sort of children, when we get our hands on things, that's how we learn. Um, so I think when you add sort of haptics to that mobile experience, that's really sort of where brand impact consideration um, can amplify quite a bit. Excellent. Lisa? Well, so for my portion, um, a couple years ago when Paige and I got together um, and he was showing me what haptics were, I, I related it to my son who's a gamer and when you hold the control in your hands, that's haptics. So his, the guns are going off. Um, but it became much more in the sense that he showed me a campaign that Showtime did in the launch of Penny Dreadful, which is one of their television series. And it's through the eye of the consumer and you're looking at you know, your second screen, so it's either your tablet or your telephone, and you're walking down a dark alley and it's you know during the 1800s and it's a time of werewolves and Jack the Ripper. So you can imagine it's got a dark sense and you're feeling that dark sense as you're walking down this alley. But the haptics that was involved with it happened to be a heartbeat. So the phone is a heartbeat, and so it's an emotion, and it takes you there, and has the visual is taking you into more of a hyper sense, you know, you're panicking, the heartbeat is becoming more and more progressive, and then it's the drop of the hat, or a cat, or, you know, the trash can, and the experience is there. So, yeah, haptics, and that, that's a couple years ago. Excellent. Uh, were there any particular Google things that, that uh, you got that you can share or no relevant to haptics? Nothing? No, not really. <laughs> okay. Um, have you, uh, do you guys have any questions, by the way, just to, just to gauge that? Yeah. Uh, 
is there something you shouldn't do with haptics? Have you experienced any bad examples of you know giving someone nausea about you know anything? Yeah, well, I think just trying to add haptics for the sake of adding haptics uh, it is not beneficial at all. Uh, there are there are plenty of uh, ads that we've done where a lot of it is talking heads, and so you don't want to add haptics to that because there's there's nothing to really attribute it to. Um, we look for places to put emotional response uh, in the ad, uh, whether it be actual physical action that you're seeing or uh, something that, like Lisa was saying, is a heartbeat or marching boots or something that is, is calling back to an action that happened earlier. Uh, so I would just say, you know, just like spurious audio or something that seems out of a place visually, you would want to craft it the same way you would uh, in, like an audio or a visual track. Yeah, and let me let me actually jump in. Because you know, I really think that, you know, I think whether it's haptics or any other type of immersive, um, immersive technology, you know, I think as sort of tech geeks, I think we get really excited about what's possible. Um, but at the end of the day, it's really about the consumer. And it's about creating experiences that benefit the consumer and resonate with the consumer. Um, you know, so again, like I'm, you know, I'm sure, you know, you know, I don't think it's true. And, I, you know, I think Paige just said it, that, um, that haptics equals good. Sometimes haptics equals good if it can really enhance that, that brand story um, and give people a different uh, feeling. But like anything else, I mean, with haptics, um, when you're doing a visual, how important when you're watching a movie, television show, or an ad is the audio. The audio becomes that drawing in point. So you're going to need a designer, and one of the things we have worked um, over the last couple years is creating preferred um, vendors, and those vendors are designing audio, but now they're having to design that haptics. How hard does the ball bounce? Is the roller coaster click, click, clicking away? And they have to feel as they're designing the tablet in their hand. So it's a process, and it's not an easy process. It, it takes some training to do it. Yeah, it's. I, I mean, it, it is craft, and we are uh, really defining what the language of that craft is right now. Uh, you know, when you're when you're holding something in your hand, especially a creative, it's it's very intimate. I mean, this is your audience is actually holding your content, and now you can communicate with them in a whole new way. So, uh, learning how to uh, really design and communicate properly through the sense of touch is is something new, and we can't wait to make empower everyone here to do that. Just really quick, are you using existing platforms? Are you using existing platforms or is it all like kind of custom yeah, building and content? For design? Uh, so for the experience. For the experience, we do this multiple ways. So uh, within an app, we can either do an SDK or we can do for ads, uh, vPaid or mRAID. So it's HTML5. We can serve it uh, directly to apps or, or to web pages, mobile browsing. Yeah. And I believe it's um, um, programmatic also now, yes, right? Yes, absolutely. So we're going through certification processes right now. So on Teeds, uh, uh, Ad Colony, Sabio, I have a laundry list of others that the paper ink's not quite dry yet, so I can't tell you. But they're going to be announced very soon. What's the what's the what's the hello? What's the fine tuning process and the testing process? In other words, I mean, I imagine the lead time is, is an issue or. Lead time, uh, it depends. So we're uh, right now, 
the creative process is more of retrofitting the ad itself uh, and adding haptics to it. We're trying to get more upstream with the creatives, so they're thinking about this uh, as they're about to go into production. Um, but at, at this point in time, we can turn around a 30-second ad in like, you know, less than a day uh, if, if, if we need to. Um, the, the long process is the creative. So once we actually design the element, we send it to the, the creative director, get their feedback, that, that notes back and forth that time, is, it always takes a little bit for a creative sign-off. But like Paige is saying, um, part of uh, the issue right now is on a roadmap of technology, do the creatives actually know what haptics is and that they can be including it in their brand and pitching it to their customer? So we need to get this ahead of the game so that it, they also understand, add it to your budget, and it's just another deliverable um, in the scheme of your audio track, your video, your 30-second, your 20-second spot. Where does this play? So we really need to push it at the, the start so that we're showing them as they're creating the campaign and they're visualizing, I'm gonna go out and shoot this, great, we visualize this being the haptics portion of it. Yeah, and that's a big challenge, you know. I think the way that most creative um, still gets developed today is for TV first, right? You know, so I think we're still very much in a world of 30 second spots that are shaved down to 15s or 10s or 6s. Um, and that's why, again, you sort of haptics are sort of retrofitted into something that's existing. So I think, you know, brands definitely want to work in scale. They definitely want to sort of, you know, make sure they're using assets across multiple channels. Um, but there's a downside to that. And the downside is you get something that's not quite right for mobile or certainly not as great as it could be. Yeah, in those instances, we... Uh, that's when we just scale back what the haptic effects are and we try to fine tune it. So, because you want to accentuate the message uh, and the story that the creative is trying to put forward, you don't want to take away from it, uh, just like with any part of the creative. Sorry. What would, what would be a good way to budget for haptics? Yeah, what are, what are the, the rough costs and how do you, mod how do you model the costs? Uh on the creative side, uh, right now our tools are open. We're allowing anyone to uh, pull this down at the moment. Uh, so if you go onto our site, uh, we have a plugin essentially that works with Pro Tools. Uh, later on this year, we hope to have a VST so that we can use any creative suite out there. Uh, and it really, it's just a matter of time and training. That, that's, that's the big investment right now, to learn how to design it. Because this isn't just pulling your audio track down and, and making that into a haptic track. That would actually be a, a quite a terrible experience. You, have, you need to go in and fine tune, find the points where, you, where haptic effects actually make sense, design those in, put the level of the frequency in there, and, and, and then move forward on that point. And where can they go? What is, what is your site? Where can they go to do uh, Immersion.com. And you, you can search for the design cloud, and that's where you can find the tools. But I think from a budgeting perspective, so you're asking, um, so we're going to go out and shoot this campaign, and the campaign's going to cost X amount of dollars. You know, the haptics happens um, in the post process. So you're in a post-production facility, and you're looking at an hourly that's like an audio hourly, and it's something that can be done in a day as long as the creatives agree. You know, there's a little back and forth, like I wanted to do a little more of this. So, you know, it's it's thousands of dollars versus hundreds of thousands of dollars out of haptics. 
I wouldn't say it's hundreds of thousands of dollars, no, no, but <laughs> I, that, I said it's thousands versus yes, you yes, know yes, somebody yes. going for the design for the design time. It's you know yeah. however long you're going to schedule an editor to you know for sound design, it's probably half that. Yeah, yeah. You guys are also exploring um, a CPM model. Correct. Yeah, so on the playback side, uh, when we work with uh, you know Ad Colony and Teeds, uh, we have a CPM model that is passed through to the brand uh, during the media buy. Excellent, and it sounds like at this point it's mainly we're talking about existing creative that then is repurposed to add yeah. haptics. When people are thinking about new creative, what should they look for? What are sort of the what are the hallmarks of building you think a great haptic ad going forward? Um, to have haptic, some sort of haptic effect happen early, uh, just so you can ground the audience in the experience that they're gonna uh, gonna have. Uh, so to have something early, often strong, and then then don't overplay it. Now at, at that point, you're really looking for the right tempo and and to really utilize the right spots in there, just like you would a good sound design. Excellent. Um, did you have something to say? Well, I, you know, so we're talking about this in uh, short bursts, you know, 6, 20 seconds, 30 seconds. But if you can imagine haptics on, uh, say, uh, sports content, go with a monster or a Red Bull, and now you're sitting down and your audience is watching their favorite, you know, Crashed Ice or one of those shows and this effect is happening. You're watching an NBA basketball game and haptics is happening because more and more people are using second screen to watch their content these days. So you can make that experience that much more exciting with haptics. Excellent. Was there one back there? No. Um, I want to go to something that you started to say earlier, Lisa, talking about sort of 360 and spatial sound design. So haptics in and of themselves are kind of transformative, but do we kind of, do you guys see a world in which um, spatial audio and potentially, you know, VR and, and haptics sort of combine to create a completely new experience? Is it a one? Ab absolutely. So uh, touch actually makes virtual reality, puts the real in virtual reality. Uh, you know, if you can bump into a tree, a trip over a rock, and you can pick up a Coke can, and you know, if there's ice in there or not, and you can feel the weight of it, this grounds your audience in that world. Uh, that's presence. Uh, and that's really what a lot of the VR companies are struggling with right now because a lot of people still get nauseous or they, they can't find their way around in a VR environment. And so haptics does that. They, they, it puts you right there. Um, and we are, we are doing things right now. We have uh, stuff for uh, like uh, Oculus Touch and uh, another trigger uh, element that's coming out soon. Can you, since, we're, since this is so connected, can you talk a little bit about maybe the concepts of agency and presence and sort of uh, becoming this, uh, you know, going into an immersive experience and how, um, you know, sort of how it is qualitatively different for the folks who haven't done it, you know, um, what are those sort of key concepts around immersive experience, whether it's presence or agency and so forth? Uh, presence and empathy, uh, I think, are the two uh, pillars that all of the VR companies are, are, when you're storytelling in VR, that's what you're looking to do. Um, I already spoke a, a bit about presence, but how, how do you generate empathy in a VR environment? That, that's a little bit tougher. Uh, but with touch... Uh, just like a slap is different than than a caress or or a punch or a, a handshake can feel strong or weak, you communicate all of that through 
touch interaction. And in a VR world or an AR world in the future where we're going to be doing a lot more communication uh, in this medium, this is, this is vital to be able to really to capture that information and communicate it across to other audiences is, is really key. And so learning how to design that now is, is really going to be you know, the, the foundational areas of, of this experience in the future. Um, when it comes to 360, which uh, is a whole other medium right now, uh, spatialized audio is something that is really t taking a foothold there to really help give you a sense of what's happening in the world as you're moving around. Um, we're, we have uh, spatialized haptics, which is going to be coming out pretty soon as well. Right now, it's more of 2D at the moment, but... We, so the haptics will... So, yeah, as, as you get closer or farther away or you move the left, right, or you see something, it will feel stronger as you get closer to it. And that's really exciting. That's, that's what makes a much more immersive experience because now your environment is changing as you, in, as you uh, interact with it. Uh, do you have something on that, Lisa? Well, I was just going to say, you know, with haptics, it's not only is it, it what we're visualizing, but you're going to get in your car one day and the knobs are going to be missing from the radio and your heater because you're going to be touching your panel and you're going to feel the difference between whether you're doing hot or cold. I mean, it's going to become a part of our life and what we do every day. Already there. <laughs> some, some of the cars already have it. Yeah. Without, without getting into specifics in terms of projects, what has the process been like for you guys in terms of dealing with brands or advertisers and, and presenting the tech, or what's worked, what hasn't? Um, you know, what's the process like for getting sort of the green light to build this into into projects? Yeah, I'll take that. I mean, I think it's I think it's challenging. You know, I think everybody likes the technology, and I think when you actually put it in your hands, you're like, whoa, this is really awesome. Um, you know, but I think you know, kind of like what I said before about you know, building for television, then sort of, you know, scaling to everything else. Um, you know, I think there's a really hesitancy for brands to build what I would call custom experiences. Custom's like a negative word, um, right? It's like they want to produce an asset and they want to scale that across as many places as they can. Um, you know, there's time constraints. So I think our experience has been, we like it, but we're short on time. We like it, but is you know the juice worth the squeeze, right? Like, will will inventing haptics actually increase brand consideration to the point where the time, effort, and money um, makes it worth it? So you know, and again, I think those are you know those are hurdles with all all new technologies. It wasn't that long ago that you know people were saying the same thing about vertical video, right? They said, oh, this makes sense, um, but is it really going to make an impact um, on my consumers? Um, I think the difference with vertical video versus haptics is that, um, frankly, the retrofitting um, was, um, I don't want to say it was simpler. I mean, you guys make it pretty easy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it certainly was Thank more, <laughs> more it, uh, but it was more digestible yeah. um, for folks. You know? And again, I think if you had said a couple of years ago that you know, vertical video would be as mainstream as it is today, uh, I, I, think, I think people would be surprised. In reality, you know, almost everybody runs vertical. Yeah, so to address some of those challenges, we've actually done work with IPG Media Labs and had them do some studies uh, with some brands uh, uh, using haptics. And we know that we're getting a, you know, you can see some of this stuff right here, you know, 50% brand lift, 20% uh, increase to purchase. It actually
actually makes people feel happier. And so now we're taking that information, going back to the marketers and saying, look, this is actually worth your time. Uh, you know, you're going to get a lot more bang for your buck uh, when you're doing an ad with haptics now. That's amazing. What were some of the other, there were some other kind of key points that came out of the IPG research too, right? Remember? Oh, yes. I don't have them all memorized, oh, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you know, I mean, I will say this, you know, yeah. and, and, and as someone who works at an agency that that's not IPG, you know, someone like me looks at that and says, oh, that's, that's wonderful. Um, let's, let's reinvent the wheel. Right, yeah. right. You know, so that's a challenge, right? So across every brand, across every agency, they'll say, "Oh, we're we're thrilled to work for those guys, but we want to run our own AB." Um, and those are expensive, you know. So in some ways, it's like you have to evangelize um, across every major holding company to get that traction. Well, I think one of the things that did come out of the study that was interesting, though, was the fact that people watch the entire ad. Oh, yeah. It kept them engaged. And you don't find that, you know, we're off an ad as soon as we're on. It's like, I don't want that. Yeah, the completion rates were up. The uh, w When users were watching their the ads on uh, with no volume, they tend to turn it on uh, or they turned it up. And when you have companies like Facebook who are now forcing the audio on an ad or brands that won't even pay for an ad if it's not played with audio, this is one of those forcing functions. Um, also, when you, your consumers are, say they're on a BART train or they're somewhere, they're at NAB and they're playing an ad and they can't hear it. But if you can feel it, you're going to capture their attention right away. You, it's it's instinctive. You can't help but look when something is moving around it, that you're holding in your hand, and then you're suddenly super engaged. You know, so and, and you're really in with the with the audience. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Even you know, last night I I was fortunate to uh, watch the Mummy trailer. Um, no sound, crowded restaurant, haptics, uh, and it was amazing. You know, like the helicopter motion. You really, you get excited. It, it's really hard not to get excited um, when you're holding it. One of the things that I think you were talking about, that we were talking about before this, is sort of the form factor and screen issues relative to this. And one of the, so one thing in terms of traditional video creative that's interesting about haptics is this is something that will not necessarily happen on every platform, right? It'll be, so how does, is that a potential game changer in terms of spend on different media or sort of customizing things for, for mobile platforms as opposed to, you know, big screen? Well, um, it's 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 a different budget. I, I think you were mentioning that before. Uh, so it definitely, you know, it, it's not part of the initial creative, which is where we, we really think this should should uh, reside. Uh, we have to retrofit it uh, for the ads for the digital spend. So. Um, Possibly, but the the form factors right now, it's mobile primarily, and you know mobile viewing is just increasing, increasing year after year. We know this. Is, I mean, again, it's the year of mobile, uh, right? And um, with with the amount of consumption happening, video consumption specifically on mobile, uh, having a haptic playback with that video just it just makes sense. Yeah. Excellent. Any more questions? 
Are there any platform specifics in terms of uh, iOS versus Android or any, is this sort of a, or, or particular carriers or devices that are more uh, friendly to haptics? It's Android only at the moment. Um, we have uh, licensing deals with most OEMs uh, out there. Uh, so there are, if you look up our on our site, you can see all the uh, OEMs. Uh, our company also certifies actuators. So uh, when, when creatives create a haptic experience, we make sure it plays back correctly across multiple devices, regardless of the operating system or the actuator that's in there. Um, so you know, so you can get the best design across multiple playouts. And what are, what is the actual physical device inside? Inside, it's that's that's the actuator. It's the actuator. So there's multiple types. There's uh, primarily the the high end ones. They're called LRAs. They're linear resonant actuators. It works similar to a speaker bar, and then uh, the others are coin and bar ERMs, and that's a solid mass that it, that shakes around in your phone. So they have a different feeling, and so we design uh, with that knowledge, and then uh, QC against that as well to really shape it so that the uh, the the quick and the sharp motions of the LRA are are balanced with the soft round haptic effects of, of the of the yeah. ERMs. And just, to, and just to sort of jump in, just sort of again on sort of on sort of channel budgets. You know, I do think, and you know, I think we've seen it. You know, when I started Essence um, almost four years ago, you know, about seventeen percent of our digital budget was was mobile. Today, it's seventy five percent. So I think you know, as budgets shift to mobile, creative agencies will be forced to build for 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 mobile first. Right, you know, like a CMO will say, like, well, you know, I want to look at this on a mobile phone because that's where most of my audience will see it um, versus a television. I think that's going to be the game changer to sort of adopting, again, whether it's haptics, even location. Again, there's a lot of technologies, sensors that have been around for a long time that just aren't leveraged across mobile creative like they should be. Is there a specific, I'm oh, sorry, Lisa, you were saying? I was just going to say, on that note, you know, imagine an experience for a brand. You're walking into a subway, a train station, and suddenly your phone goes off and it alerts you, hey, you can watch this brand new whatever it is, and haptics will be involved. So to kind of location, gather that for a brand, if it's a brand new pair of shoes that you know Jordan or somebody is coming out with, you're the first person on your phone you know, standing around you to have that experience, so. Wow, that's interesting. Are there, yeah. I'm sorry, I came a little bit late. If you have already addressed this, forgive me. Uh, what about situations where a different device, say on, on a wearable, on your wrist, elsewhere in your body causes the vibration versus just the phone? Uh, are you asking about, do, do we control all of those aspects? Um, uh, yes, we've thought about it. Uh, we, we have uh, samples that we've showcased previously um, with wearables where, like I IoT, you walk into your room and you want to turn on your lights. Well, you just have a motion to do that and your, your bracelet or something, you would feel that click of a light or a fan. You'd feel the, the fan go turn on or off. Uh, the texture in your wearable. So we, we've come up with uh, those kinds of examples before. Um, uh, we have stuff where uh, if, if you're in a crowded bar and you need to give someone your location in the bar, it can, it can kind of pull you along to where that person is also. 
So there are gradations. Of, this is so. This is kind of a new concept. Usually, you think of haptics as binary, right? As an on-off. Can you talk a little bit about how that plays out? If you have these sort of greater and lesser effects. Oh yeah. So um, you know, th it's not just on and off. This we have contr complete control over the actuators uh, in in all of these devices. Uh, so we have you know, fidelity is really what it's all about, and that's how you really create deep textured effects that really uh, you know grab people's attention. Um, you know, some even some of the the worst actuators out there, we can c have great control on them. Uh, but the better the actuator, the better the control, the higher the fidelity, and the more uh, senses that we can actually put out there. What's it going to take to? Uh, what, what do you think we're going to see in the next year? Or do are, are there specific things that you think are on the horizon that are going to kind of put this into the mind of the? general public, it feels like the kind of thing that really is going to capture people's imagination once they get it in a big way. Um, yeah, I would have to say that, uh, so there's a book out called Ready Player One, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I, I don't know if anyone's read that. I, it's a very it's good book. I highly recommend it. There is a lot of discussion about haptics in that book. Um, I believe Steven Spielberg is actually going to be making that movie uh, right. fairly soon. And I, I'm very excited to see how that they're, how they're going to play out the haptics in that movie uh, because that that is that is a really interesting look at the future of where uh, our VR and uh, our, 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 our other selves uh, will be in the future our avatars how we interact with other people in the in the oasis or the matrix or whatever you want to call it um, because we're getting closer and closer to that as time progresses I think yeah have you ever, have any of you read ready player one at all? Okay, yeah. so if you're trying to understand why all of this stuff is so uh, popular with those of us who believe in it, read that book. So it's essentially set about 30 or 40 years in the future, and people go into this virtual world, which is very high-res visually, but it's also haptically driven, so you feel um, everything. And they go into this, this virtual world called the Oasis, and they travel, and they're on a, on a treadmill, so that they feel like they're walking for miles inside their apartment, and a lot of people just don't want to come out. They don't leave, yes. Yeah. They, they have a full haptic suit, is really what it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, any more questions? Um, Lisa, are there specific things that you think uh, people um, can take from this and sort of apply? Um, how do people kind of use this in their own projects? Is it just a matter of looking at the SDK? Or, I mean, how do, how do people apply this to their own work and, and kind of get the possibilities? Well, I mean, there's a, a great opportunity for people here that are in post-production because it's That's a whole great. new line of services. I mean, you're basically taking a traditional audio guy, but it doesn't have to be the audio guy. It could be your editor. So you both of these guys have a different concept about the feel of the project that they're working with the creative on. So now you've got a line of services and post is becoming smaller and smaller. Um, so it's a new opportunity for them. It's another deliverable for them. So I do see opportunities there. So in some sense, the way that Interactive was 20 years ago, where suddenly there were opportunities for coders uh, in interactive applications, now there's going to be a, potentially a huge opportunity for people who can build haptic apps. Yeah, and, and I think this opportunity is actually quite unique because the editors that we're training now, they're going to have foundational knowledge to design not only for video, but for games, be it mobile games, uh, console games, uh, 360, and VR environments as well. 
I mean, the the long term end game is is like is making the uh, the holodeck from Star Trek. You know, you want to be able to design the effect of tripping over a rock or bumping into a tree. Um, but that all starts right now. You know, th- this is where this is all beginning. What's your what's your sense of what the rollout looks like? How do people get involved, or um, what's likely to tip the scales and get this into more of the public's hands? Yeah, you know, we were talking a little bit last night. I think it's I think it's got to start from the brand. You know, at, um, at the end of the day, you know, creative agencies, media agencies receive a brief from the brand, um, and usually, you know, brands aren't asking for. Um, delight my uh, potential consumers with an immersive experience. They're looking for, um, you know, something that increases brand consideration. Um, you know, I, I, I think it's important to understand motivations. You know, like, again, I, I've got a lot of respect for creative agencies. But again, I, you know, I've said it a couple times here, it's still a television-driven world. Um, you know, they're trying to win awards based on a 30-second television spot. They're not really incentivized uh, to use haptics or sort of use, again, sort of mobile uh, native features. It's really got to come from the brand. Um, Somebody's like, no, 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 like, this is what I expect of my creative agency. Um, and the creative agency is getting paid. They will, they will follow. Um, I think that's really where it has to start. You know, you know, and then again, and then I think these things are cyclical. You know, once one brand starts doing it, they get recognized as being thought leaders, innovators. Um, suddenly, you know, other brands start to follow. I mean, I think it's interesting. Look at the board. Uh, look at that. Yeah. The brands that are using this, they're all completely different. How do you design haptics for Arby's? You know, versus I pretty much can figure out how to do it for a car (laughs) and make it really sexy with a car. And I've I've held that tablet and that phone to those ads. And it is exciting. You're in that brand new BMW and you feel the wind in your hair and the, you know, speed. But Royal Caribbean, you know, again. So I also think it's a really again, you know, haptics is um, it's awesome. but It's actually a really really. it's actually a really complicated space right now. We think about dynamic creative. You talk about right because you know again you know because again you know I, I think from a from an advertising perspective, this isn't a haptics problem. This is a mobile native problem, right? So you're dealing with again whether I said location, gyroscope, accelerometer, um, dynamic uh, elements, personalization. You know the advertising industry has a very very long way to go um, until we're really sort of fully embracing. Um, all of those unique features that a mobile device can offer. Yeah, the, as I said before, the technology, it, it's here right now. It's in all of your phones. You're used to haptics. If, you, if your phone has ever vibrated for an alert, you know what haptics is. You're, you're a user right now. Um, it's already in your phone. We have the creative tools to provide to you to actually empower the ecosystem. It's just a matter of getting it out there and teaching everyone how to do it. Excellent. Can you guys uh, just um, tell us where we can find out more about you and your website, uh, each respective sites? Yeah. So, I don't have a perspective site. <laughs> Facebook page. But, Facebook uh, yeah. <laughs> LG Digital Girl at Gmail is where you can reach out to me. Um, and I basically I look at uh, new technologies and I consult with companies on how do we get this out into the marketplace. Uh, right now I'm here with another company, Zulavision. We've got Shot Glass, and that's something that's really cool for uh, pr- the production stave and uh, multi-camera. 
um, stuff. So it's all cloud-based. Excellent. And if people want to, if people in post, sorry, if people in post want to get into this, they can contact you and you can maybe give them some. Sure. Just- they can contact me. Um, they can also contact Paige. They, there's a, a place on the Immersion website uh, if you're interested in, in learning more and how, we, and how to uh, do it. Um, I'm at Immersion.com, P-R-A-Y-N-E-S, at Immersion.com. And I'm on LinkedIn as well. Uh, But I think the really important takeaway here is that uh, you have to feel it to believe it. So I mean, I'm, I'm really serious. The, one of the hurdles we have is when we go into meetings, they're like, what's haptics? And then we put the phone in their hand and they're like, oh my God, I get it now. So I actually have a couple of people here that have demo phones. I, I highly right. encourage you to test this before you leave. I've got a phone on with me as well. Where are the I, demo people? Go ahead. We have Josh right, right there. There you go, Tamar. Stand Excellent. up, stand up. Yeah, so stand they up. have phones they, and they're happy to show them uh, all the demo content for you. Um, but uh, yeah, I can be reached on LinkedIn as well. So. Yeah, and then uh, Jeremy Siegel, feel free to find me on LinkedIn. Uh, and my agency is essencedigital.com. Excellent. Well, thank you, Lori, for another great panel. And thank you for having us. And please give these guys a, a big hand for coming out. Thank you. Okay, everybody, um, in about uh, two hours, we have another fantastic panel on artificial intelligence. We have IBM here and Equals 3, who just won a creativity award for their um, AI uh, marketing tool. So come by and check that out at 3 o'clock. These guys will be hanging around for a bit, and um, we have demo devices by our two folks here, so feel feel free to stick around. All of this will be available on Voice America's Facebook page. We've been um, streaming it live in video and also archiving it on voiceamerica.com streaming audio to podcast. So if you want to um, get links to any of this stuff, um, Jeremy over there, you can give him um, your business card. I can talk. I'm just a little tired. Right. <laughs> we'll see you all. Voiceamerica.com. Thank you so much for joining us at the Advanced Advertising Pavilion. And we'll see you at 3 o'clock. Bye. Bye.